This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Chris Moe, the COO and co-founder of Cartograph, an e-commerce-focused agency that helps organic and natural CPG brands sell their products on Amazon. Chris, thanks a lot for joining the podcast. We appreciate having you on here. Before we kind of dive into any of the questions and things that we have lined up, why don't you give a little bit of an intro about what Cartograph is and a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Thanks for having me. So Cartograph, we're an Amazon dedicated agency. So we help brands, generally food brands, sell on Amazon. We do about two-thirds food and then the remainder will do baby pet skincare health and personal care and supplements but really consumables and generally natural cpg and so when we help brands we really try to be try to cover the full value chain on amazon which includes a lot of different topics so we'll start all the way upstream on the value chain and we'll work with our clients on you know what is the size of product what's the kit of the product How do you price the product? How do you fulfill the product? And how do you engage with Amazon? As well as the digital side, which includes content creation um, and then full funnel advertising. So my background prior to starting Cartograph, um, I spent most of my career at McKinsey & Company, um, the consulting firm. And so I was there for about um, five or six years. And most of my work was in sales and marketing for consumer brands. I did a lot of pricing work, digital pricing work, and... um, marketing transformations. And so not only working in consumer products, but I also worked on a whole range of things like cars, magazines, TV, apparel, education, and med devices before deciding to go to uh, Cartograph and really focus. That's great. So you have some experience, obviously, in the CPG space before you kind of got started with Cartograph. What made you decide to kind of go go all in on, on Amazon over here? Yeah, you know, so we we got our start, um, really my co-founder, he was the one who saw the light far before me and he had to convince me actually. Um, He built the first Amazon team at GE in their consumer electronics division. So selling light bulbs and surge protectors and that kind of stuff. We knew some uh, consumer brands and so he started doing some consulting on the side and we we would talk, I would give him advice on like, okay, how, how should he think about consulting and his clients? And then we decided, hey, there's a really big opportunity here in CPG. There are so many brands growing. There is so much investment, like VC and private equity investment. And then a lot of big brands are acquiring these brands. So helping them grow on Amazon um, was super, super important. And then the opportunity on Amazon itself, there's the stats that are widely cited that you know a lot of product research starts on Amazon. The number you know, prime subscription penetration is in like half of households in the U.S. But um, what we saw firsthand with some of our clients that if you win your category, Amazon can be you know a third of your revenue as a brand. And so if you're trying to grow and um, build a, nat- a you know national footprint, um, not only is it important to build those numbers, but it can also be really profitable relative to other channels. For sure, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm an avid avid Amazon user myself, so. I know the power of there. I'm always looking on Amazon to see reviews and all that stuff. So it makes total sense why a ton of other consumers are kind of following along that path. Talking a little bit more about 
the value of Amazon. I know you kind of hit on the fact that, you know, if you optimize your Amazon as a channel, it could make up a third of your revenue. Um, and I did some research on Cartograph before we kind of jumped on this podcast and looked at something that you mentioned um, and through some of the things that are on your website and some of the things that you passed me over were that, you know, a lot of the value really comes from is created upstream. Can you kind of explain to the audience, like maybe people that aren't on Amazon right now or don't understand that concept, what exactly, why is the value upstream and what exactly is, do you mean by upstream? Sure. So when we say upstream for, for a consumer packaged good, what we mean is before the sales process, before you market, what is the work that goes into making sure you're selling the right thing for the right offer and getting it to customers in the right way? And so generally speaking, um, upstream tends to cover three different topics, how you package it, how you price it, and how you ship it, um, both shipping to um, a retailer and then getting it to your end consumer. And so for each one of those topics, there's pretty big implications of getting it right. First on packaging size, um, really important. If you get your packaging size right, both in terms of weight and size, like the cube, you can have some pretty big changes in your fulfillment costs. And it's important with Amazon to know where are the step functions where those costs change. And so, um, you know, we'll work a lot with clients um, on packaging size to make sure that they fit in those tiers. And then related, um, the price of your offer, especially in grocery, really affects um, Amazon's fee. If you're below $15, Amazon will take off seven percentage points from the fees that you pay to them, which can be really important for for profitability. And then um, furthermore, just price offer is really important for conversion on Amazon. Whereas, you know, in store, a food product is typically three to five dollars. On Amazon, it has to be a little bit more expensive to cover the, the cost of shipping, but it can actually be cheaper than most other digital channels. You know, most D2C websites end up costing um, having like a $30 offer all in, um, generally at least $20. And so Amazon, uh, the sweet spot is usually 10 to 15 bucks to really make, um, make conversion work really quickly. And then the last is just getting your supply chain right. It's important to just stay in stock, but it also has pretty big impact on um, additional fees you might get for like labeling, pack, repackaging, and then chargebacks that you could get from Amazon. Cool. So what do you guys do talking a little bit more about, um, you know, Cartograph specifically when you have some a brand that comes to you and wants to start selling on Amazon and maybe hasn't done it before? How do you guys check all those boxes and work to make sure, you know, the packaging is the right size and the cost is the right size? Like, what is that process like a little bit? Sure, sure. So, yeah, this is this is where all the all the fun happens in uh, in that process. So we'll, we'll meet a brand and, and like you said, brands are in different phases. Some are already selling on Amazon, some are already selling online, some are not selling at online at all. So we really make sure to baseline, you know, where are you right now and what, what do you have as an offer? And then we go straight to the margin analysis. We go straight to profitability. And we say, all right, what is the item that you know is your best seller that you think is fit for e-commerce. And then we'll line up every single um, cost line item along with price and say, okay, and we'll, we'll include like an assumption on what we think is the right to spend on advertising. And then say, this is how much you'll make per sale of the product. And then we'll look at that and we'll say, okay, 
we'll say if you changed from a you know 14 ounce unit so like a you know a a, a two pack of 7 ounces to a single unit of 11 ounces you would save a dollar 50 on shipping and then if you change your price from this to that therefore and you know you'd hold kind of the price per ounce similar here's what your margin would look like differently and then we'll like look at competitive offers as well and see you know how are other people in the same category pricing and sizing and we'll come with a recommendation we like to do this before we even engage with a brand just because a lot of the time getting that right is really important to just the overall success of your products that makes a lot of sense that's really interesting about the the 10 to 15 dollar range that that being the sweet spot is there any particular like reason behind it or yeah you know it, it it's a great question i think it's just the impulse purchase threshold amazon very deliberately drew a line at $15 by making there there be that fee gap you actually you go from amazon's on seller central amazon's referral fee is 15% and then in grocery if you're below you're below $15 it drops to 8% and so Amazon basically said, we want more products under 15 bucks by doing that. And I, th I think what they, what they observed is that, you know, the click-through rate and the conversion rate on products with lower offers was just higher. And food's pretty slim margin, so it can be pretty challenging to get a lower offer, especially when you have to account for shipping. But um, we've seen that velocity just increase pretty dramatically when you get under there. I mean, there, we've had multiple client examples where we go from a 20 to $25 offer to a 10 to $15 offer. And you can sometimes triple the unit velocities um, or even more. And, you know, half the price, triple the velocities, always a uh, trade-off you'd be willing to make. Yeah, that's really interesting. One last kind of thing on this, and I know you guys are in that Amazon e-commerce space. I don't know if you guys work with brands or clients outside of just that space for saying something like, so that, that, 10, that, that 10 to $15 range sounds really interesting. Have you seen brands basically take that Amazon kind of selling strategy and throw it back on their D, DTC like website and stuff like that and find success running the same exact model? It's a really great question. So kind of the big difference between direct-to-consumer and Amazon is acquisition cost, a unit, a cost per acquisition. Um, whereas on Amazon, if you build it right, you end up getting a lot of unpaid acquisitions because you rank really high for big search terms and people just discover you organically. Versus if you're a D2C company, if you're acquiring on Facebook, it's generally going to be pretty expensive. It's generally going to be your cost per acquisition. It's pretty hard to get it under 20 bucks. And that's why most offers you see on D2C websites tend to be 30 bucks or more. And so... When we talk to brands um, in that, those kind of spaces, we often say, all right, um, you know, what's the launch strategy? And usually, I'd say the most common thing is you mirror your products. So you say, I've got a $40 offer here, I'm gonna have a $40 offer on Amazon. And so in, in that way, you can at least make sure that the channels are, are not directly competing with each other and you're just giving your customer different ways to get your product. And usually, um, you're the margins are pretty similar between those two. Now, the times that we push consume or push brands to go to a smaller or cheaper product is when you look at the category and you say, okay, you know, you've got this great $40 category in, you know, make something up like super fancy cookies. But if we wanted to be number one in super fancy cookies on Amazon, 
all these super smart brands have made $15 offers here. And so you have to get comfortable with, okay, I've got my D2C, I've got my Amazon, and now I'm really gonna win, try to win on Amazon. And there's, so there's a certain comfort with having competing offers between the two, but we really find that there isn't as much cannibalization as people expect. That's really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about, we talked a little bit about having your products like ready to go. So what do you need to do before selling your products on Amazon, in your opinion, before someone says like, okay, I'm ready to sell on Amazon. Like what's that checklist that needs to be done beforehand? So there's, there's kind of two ways to, to think about this. There's one is you can use Amazon as a testing channel to just like test short runs of product and see, get really rapid feedback and not spend a ton of money in marketing. And I think that's a super valid approach um, and really useful. And a lot of smart brands that we work with do that. I'm gonna put that one aside and say, I've, I have a product that I'm really sure that I wanna launch big time on Amazon. The important things that you really want are product market fit. Make sure that you have somebody you know who likes the product and wants the product and views it's good value. And then um, I think it's really important too that you have product communications fit. This is one that we, we run into sometimes where your claims or the way that you describe the product actually lines up with what consumers expect. And so, cause sometimes what you'll have is you'll, you'll launch a product, people like the product, but then they'll leave a bad review and say, and say, you know, they said it would do this or they said it tasted like this when that wasn't actually the customer's experience. So that's, that's a really important one is like, make sure you have a product that you're happy with. And so we usually say, um, launch on your own website for at least a month first, get really confident about the feedback and then launch on Amazon. So you don't end up having these like negative reviews pinned to the top of your page that say, you know, they weren't honest about expectations. The other thing that I always recommend brands do is Really don't don't underestimate the value of really good content about your product. And the thing that I always um, I always push with content is don't just say what the product is, but show how it fits into someone's life. Show them why they would need it, what kind of problem it would solve, and how. So consumers eating your product, your product being used, infographics on the actual functional benefits. Um, it's not just enough to have images of your of your product. Awesome. Well, you kind of gave me a little, a good segue into what Trend does, which is obviously user-generated content. So I want to tie into that a little bit more and ask you from your experience on, you know, promoting products and selling them on Amazon, what kind of visual works best in turn? Does that even make a difference? Does visual make a difference? And if so, what is that visual that really ends up persuading the buyer to complete the purchase. Totally, totally. So visuals are super important. Um, the hero image on Amazon is the first image that you see, which is like what you see in a search result. It's usually pretty simple and pretty basic. Um, and Amazon's instructions are pretty are, are pretty specific on it. They want your the product alone on a white background that, you know, just to show the product. There's actually some, some flexibility of what you can do in there. Are you selling a case or are you selling a single bottle? Can you put a single bottle in front of the image of a case? And that's actually tells the consumer, if you're selling a beverage, a lot more information on what they're getting, right? There's nothing more confusing than going to an Amazon listing and seeing a single bottle and scratching your head and being like, am I getting one? Or am I gonna get a dozen? 
And so that's important on the, on the hero image, think about like, and look at some examples across the web. Like how can I be more granular? You know, if you have a product that's in a bag, can you put a picture of the bag with some of the actual product in front of it too, to show like, what does it look like outside the bag? So that's the hero image. The other images that I think are really important are, um, are two. So the first is an infographic that calls out what actually makes your product different, the product differentiators. So, you know, why is your drink have all these functional benefits? Can you create some kind of graph that calls it out, shows the benefit, you know, why you're different? I, I think that's really important. It used to be that we put these in kind of the written bullets on Amazon across the page, but now that so many um, shoppers are actually buying on mobile, People just look at the images. So you really want to pack the images with actually some of the kind of more detailed content. The last one, which I think you'll like a lot, is humans eating the product, especially for food. We found uh, with a baby food product that we got like three or 4% better conversion when we put a photo of the baby eating, uh, a baby eating the product. People just want to like, there, there's something that, you know, you, you look at like a, a jar of mush and you're like, okay, I mean, I guess that could feed a baby. And then you see a baby smiling, eating it and be like, that's actually what I'm trying to do is have a baby eat it. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the difference between, you know, if you're selling mattresses, it's the difference between selling the bed versus selling the dream. You kind of want to see them actually someone using the product and feel like, oh, Hey, that, that could be me, or that's going to be my, in your case, that's going to be my baby in the image that you were talking about. Right, right. And and thinking about your consumer too, right? What do parents care about? Baby, parents shopping for baby food. They care about, it's a pain. Babies are picky eaters. So their biggest problem is like, will the baby actually eat the food? And even though it's not their baby, just seeing that a baby is really happily eating this is like, oh, that there's an emotional reaction to that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit. I kind of want to get onto something we've touched about a little bit, which is the cannibalization of your sales. And Amazon is obviously a behemoth out there. It takes a lot of sales. More and more people are turning to it for you know product reviews, for just finding, like you said, product research at the beginning. Let's talk about that as a fear. And then what are some other common fears that you know, you hear from brands when they're considering selling on Amazon and maybe you can help dispel a little bit of them as well. Sure, sure. So I think cannibalization is probably the biggest fear and it encapsulates a lot of things, right? So cannibalization for for people um, listening is the fear that I've built this really good business on my own channel, on my own website. And some of that will go to Amazon. And so when it goes to Amazon, a lot of potential things happen. One, you no longer have the consumer's full contact information. You don't own the journey as much. A second is you may or may not have lower margin, right? The way that the fees net out and advertising costs net out, it might be less profitable for you. And then third, it might actually drive down, for example, like your average order value. Those are kind of the, the, the big fears. Now, I'll, I'll address them one by one. So first is on the margin one. Amazon certainly charges more fees than what you get on your um, direct-to-consumer. Generally speaking, Amazon is often a little bit cheaper on shipping 
But then the extra fees that you have to pay to get in in there um, often put uh, your direct-to-consumer website ahead. Now, the important calculate comparison calculation to make is, is about acquisition cost between the two. With a direct-to-consumer website, the vast majority of your sales are going to be paid acquisitions. And so you're paying, you know, call it like 15, 20 bucks for an acquisition, but you're doing it on almost every sale. Long-term on Amazon, you actually only want to be paying significantly less than 50% of, of your sales. Um, you, you want to come from ads. And so when you actually do the average acquisition cost blended across all of your sales, it brings Amazon um, a lot closer into parity. The other thing that I think is really important to think about um, and is thinking about your acquisition as an awareness driver that doesn't just go to your website. So what that means is if you're shopping on, if you're advertising on Facebook and you're saying, hey, buy Jay's hair gel, click here, it's the best. And so you expect people to click on it, go to your website, check out, you, you know that those clicks cost five bucks, whatever. When you're advertising that, you're actually sending traffic to Amazon too. And so you, the calculation is often a little bit more complex. You need to be, find a way to measure when I drive those eyeballs, those impressions on Amazon, how many people are looking at that ad, pulling up their phone, opening Amazon and typing in Jay's hair gel on the app. And it actually changes your ROI calculation between uh, on what is the ROI on my Facebook spend. Um, the old school way was like Facebook spend equals D to C checkout. The new way is if Facebook spend equals D to C checkout plus additional, you know, basically low cost um, sales on Amazon. So that's that's one thing is like think a little bit more complex about the acquisition costs and then also consider um, that your organic sales on Amazon might make it a bit cheaper. Now, the funny thing is, all that being said, we find that there isn't all that much pass through of sales between direct-to-consumer and Amazon. So when we'll often launch brands that are pretty big on their own website and they're saying, okay, we're ready to sell our product in Amazon. Um, one that we, we launched earlier this year think they're they're a quite big business, you know, doing well well north of, you know, many hundreds of thousands a month on their own website, launched on Amazon, quickly got to hundreds of thousands a month. Um, we pulled all of the fulfillment data for six months on Amazon. And we looked at how many people had bought on their own website and then moved to Amazon. And the number was like two or 3%. It was pretty small. In our experience, a lot of people just like, if you're comfortable buying on a direct-to-consumer website, then you're comfortable doing it. You're not going to like necessarily migrate that. And similarly, a lot of people who shop on Amazon don't buy on, on one-off websites. And so, you know, all things, all, all things being equal on, you know, margin and cost and um, customer data, there actually isn't that much migration. What I, what I always say is that there's a Venn diagram of shoppers, of uh, people who buy on Amazon and buy on websites, and the overlap is actually pretty small between the two. That's really interesting. You actually made me think of something else about that is uh, talking about the fact that, you know, on Facebook ads, like people that look up face or see Facebook ads are probably going to Amazon to search that same product. I guess the cost of not being on Amazon is 
every brand's worst fear is someone goes and searches on Amazon and finds your competitor and purchases them instead by yeah. not being present on that channel. Absolutely. And the the other very likely outcome of that is there will be a third party seller who's buying the product from you, either like on a wholesale channel or from a distributor and selling it on Amazon. And then it's not, the content isn't good. The reviews aren't good. Maybe they are selling expired product. Um, the customer experience isn't good. So that's, yeah, definitely, definitely some risk if you're not on both channels because um, you know, we talk to a lot of brands and they say, hey, we're thinking of launching on Amazon. What do you think? And we'll type in their brand name and we'll say, well, you've got six competitors who are advertising on your brand name right now. And you get, you know, 5,000 searches per month on Amazon. So you should probably be on Amazon. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I think I got a couple more questions for you before we come up to time over here. So if you are looking to grow as a brand on Amazon, let's say you're already on there um, selling away, what are some of the things that you can do to maybe optimize your listing and really just make it be an awesome thing on Amazon? I guess we talked already about optimizing your offer, right? Make sure you're selling the right thing, make sure it's priced right. So once you've, once you've got that unit right, Ways to optimize your listing. Well, one, make sure your content's good um, and that you've you've gotten those good photos of the babies eating your product and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then the other is really look at Amazon's um, advertising in inventory uh, exhaustively. The Amazon's ad inventory has really exploded over the last 12 months. Prior to that, it was very, very search focused. So everything on Amazon was, you know, pay-per-click ads, try to win your search term, be the best seller in your category and so forth. There's now just so much more ad inventory on Amazon. So Amazon has really search ads, which are, which are the pay-per-click ads, and then they increasingly have display ads. And so display ads are, um, it's getting a little bit more complex because there's a bit of like an organizational change going on in Amazon right now. But um, what, what display ads do is they're, they're split between DSP and then um, pay-per-click, um, which is called sponsored display. And so what those do is they are contextual targeting. So they'll target, a they'll target a specific product and either put your ad on that product's page or serve up an ad to people who have looked at that product around the web. And so, those are becoming super important. It's something like 30 or 40% of um, ad conversions now are coming on product detail pages. It's no longer just search. Um, and so looking at both sponsored display and then Amazon's DSP and thinking about how can I retarget people who have looked at my page? How can, how can I remarket to people who have purchased um, in the past? And then how do I drive um, net new consumers? All are, all are really important to test. And DSP, it, a lot of people used to be um, used to recommend to not start it until later um, in your brand's life cycle because you could only engage with Amazon to turn it on, and the minimums were usually pretty high—twenty thousand dollars plus per month. That's no longer the case. There's a lot of agencies that you can work with that will launch it for five or ten thousand dollars a month, and immediately, if you've got a, a product that's doing fifty to one hundred k a month, you have a big enough audience in retargeting or remarketing that you'll be able to get 
three to 10 X on just retargeting and remarketing. That's super crazy. I know that was a lot of technical stuff by way that, uh, you know, I'm not an Amazon seller, so that was, that was a little bit above me, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And thanks for shedding some light on that. I'm sure, you know, people that aren't selling on Amazon, especially maybe not, might not be as familiar with some of those things. So Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Sure. Um, sure. And yeah, I guess the, the quick translation of, of what those things are is um, Amazon's ads just used to be search, very search driven, try to appear in search. And now it's find audiences kind of in the same way that um, we, we do on Facebook is like target an audience based on their shopping behavior and then fi- target them around, around Amazon and then around the web elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, the more you can kind of get a targeted audience, it makes total sense that, you know, if you can, wherever you can find your buyers, that's going to be obviously the most important thing for, for Amazon and the brand, because that means you're going to be on Amazon more often and you're also going to be happy. And that's great for Amazon as well. So it's like a win-win there. Definitely. It's also getting way more competitive on Amazon. Um, search ads are getting super expensive. Uh, a lot, a lot bigger brands are going onto Amazon, and like categories are getting saturated, and so it's becoming harder and harder to win in that old school way. So you need to find what are the ways that I can convert that are still profitable for me, and still, uh, still get a good ROI if you're, if you're, especially if you're in the earlier days. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think in terms of questions, that's all I have over here. Um, so if you're like me um, and you're like, what is this Amazon beast? I have no experience getting into this. Uh, can you share where people can kind of maybe get started with Cartograph and talk to you guys that are Amazon experts? Sure. So yeah, if, if you work with a brand or own a brand that um, that does any kind of consumables on Amazon or you know, even if you're a category outside of that, um, please feel free to reach out and uh, and set up a time to chat with us. We'll we'll spend um, you know thirty minutes with with anyone and tell you kind of how we would approach and you know if it makes sense to to go forward. What we typically do is we'll spend thirty minutes kind of getting to know you, and if it makes sense that we might want to work together, we'll then do a category analysis and opportunity assessment to say, okay, how are we going to be profitable? How are we going to execute? on Amazon and then, you know, what, how big might it be? And so, um, yeah, you can reach out to us on our website, which is gocartograph.com. So it's like cartography without the Y. We also have a Slack group. It's an Amazon hotline. And so we've got, you know, a bunch of people in there and it's um, anytime any, anyone has Amazon questions, we're in there answering and, you know, sharing kind of like some some latest current events on what's going on with Amazon. Cool. Is that a group that anyone can join? Yeah, anyone can join. Just just reach out to us and we'll, um, yeah, we'll send you a form so we can add you to the group. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll have that in the uh, in the show notes as well. So that way people can easily find that um, and reach out to you and reach out to Cartograph as well if they need help selling on Amazon. Well, I think that's all I have over here for today. Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a blast. We haven't covered Amazon selling yet. So it was great to kind of have you shed some uh, shed some light on that topic, which obviously, you know, Amazon just gets bigger and bigger every day and has become even more important during uh, everything that's going on in the world. Sure. Um, so, Yeah, great to have you. And yeah, everyone that's listening, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on the DTC pod.